Sightings could be explained through conventional means, but many of the sightings were, were unexplained. From Dan Aykroyd, a recognized authority on UFOs. People spoke about this urge they had to go out at 3 in the morning and look up into the sky. Three amber orbs now at a distance far west on the horizon. Strategic Air Command went on alert, DEFCON 3, which means that nuclear forces were ready. I think half of the American people, with the proper evidence, would be ready, would be ready to accept. Probably moved 100 miles in a matter of a second. It was a metallic disc. And that's when I realized all three of us were looking at something extraordinary. Five unidentified objects were picked up on radar coming in over the Pacific Northwest. 12,000 people shared these mass sightings. Looks like you got an object right in front of you, Mark. Can you look out there? There should be no debate anymore. UFOs exist. Challenging the misconceptions. They photographed 11 unidentified objects. Discovering the realities. They were hovering for minutes. Of what may be. A massive, miles high. The most important question. And the incident almost ignited a nuclear war. Facing human civilization today. An authoritative inquiry into the UFO phenomenon. We are dealing with beings who have advanced technology on us. Probe the mind of Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd unplugged on UFOs. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Scott White, and welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. What are we looking at this time? We are looking at a documentary, Dan Aykroyd Unplugged on UFOs. And I will must admit right off the bat, I had never heard of this in my life. I know Dan Aykroyd believes in UFOs and aliens and Bigfoot and goats. I know I know he believes in all of that. However, I had never heard of this documentary. I was going through a bookstore and it was in the used DVD aisle and I saw it, Dan Aykroyd's name there and I picked it up. All the other episodes on the Dan Aykroyd podcast I had either seen before or had known of. This is the first thing I've ever gone in cold, not knowing anything about it and not hearing anything about it, not seeing anything about it. And here we go. The director is named David Serida, S-E-R-E-D-A, David Serida. He is the director and he is also the narrator of this documentary. The way it looked to me was, I know Dan Aykroyd likes UFOs. I thought it was going to be Dan Aykroyd interviewing people who had seen or who wants to talk about UFOs. That was not the case at all. This director, David Serida, was interviewing Dan Aykroyd as an expert on UFOs. So I thought that was weird, and I thought that was unique. This guy is getting Dan Aykroyd's perspective. They actually call it Dan Aykroyd's mind probe on UFOs. And it shot really, really weird. I just want to get that off the, say this right off the bat. It shot really, really weird. It's not the two of them in a living room having an interview, interviewing each other. You know, Dan Aykroyd, it shot with a lot of Dutch angles and extreme close-ups on Dan Aykroyd. You can see him sweat. He's smoking in this documentary. You see the smoke wisp, you know, in front of the lens. 
It looks like a confessional tape, actually, if you ask me. That's what it looks like. And then there's cutaway shots of the director asking questions. And it doesn't match up. Their eye line doesn't match up. Dan Aykroyd is looking right into the camera, which you think is the director, but the director is looking off in the space. So the eye lines don't match with the, when they cut the interview together. I was beginning to think that they might not have been in the same room because you never, ever, ever see them in the same shot. Never. Uh, but there are a couple of places in the documentary where Dan Aykroyd is talking. He cuts off the director and stuff like that. So they're obviously in the same room. They never, they never got an establishing shot, establishing both of them in the room. It is oddly shot. And maybe that's maybe they're talking about UFOs and, and stuff that we don't know about. Maybe that's what the Dutch angles, just to give it a weird perspective. It was a bit off-putting in some spots, in my opinion. Uh, it was shot in 2005. And at that point, there was... The Mexican government was tracking a Mexican uh, smuggling plane. And they actually got film of 11 quote-unquote UFOs. So this was fresh in the conscience of the people who believed in UFOs at the time. So this documentary is about 20 years old. And apparently these UFOs in Mexico were dubbed swamp gas. And Dan Aykroyd makes a few snide comments. Well, if swamp gas can turn on a dime and shoot off into space, well, then I guess it was swamp gas. I'm also going to say this. This documentary takes itself very, very seriously. It is not done tongue-in-cheek. This is done as an actual documentary uh, because the, the director, his title, he is a UFOologist. And I didn't even know that was possible, but the director is a UFOologist. If my guidance counselor in high school told me I could be a UFOologist, I would have jumped at that. And throughout this whole documentary, while they are speaking, they're showing clips of all these sightings that have been since 1949. So they're showing all these clips throughout the, throughout the documentary. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. This can get repetitive because it's once you get into the documentary, it's the same footage over and over and over again that they're showing. The director is just getting Dan Aykroyd's perspective on UFOs, what he thinks about UFOs. It's... It's brought out that Dan Aykroyd is an expert on UFOs. I guess that's because he studied it and stuff like that. I don't know how you become an expert on UFOs. The One of the first points that Dan Aykroyd makes is about UFO technology. How their technology is billions and billions of years ahead of ours. And he gives the example of how the Wright brothers, basically with wood and rubber bands, made the first flight in 1903. Well, since 1903, we went to the moon in, in uh, 1968. So that is between 1903 and 1968. 65 years. We made that much progress in 65 years where we flew for, I don't know how, you know, 12, 15 feet. And we made it all the way to the moon and back in just 65 years. And Dan Aykroyd's point is they are billions of years ahead of us. So imagine what technology they can have just being a 
billion years. If we can go that far in 65 years, imagine how far aliens can go in a billion years. Which is a good point. And he also brings up that he believes that there are 21 dimensions. Not just the four dimensions, height, length, width, and time. He believes there's 21 dimensions where aliens from any of these dimensions can be coming into our realm at any time. And he believes that the government knows about this technology. And he also believes that the government has this technology. And the director asked him why the government is not using this technology. And he says because the government does not need to. Because our army and our air force is so far ahead of all the other militaries in the world that we do not need to bring out this we're, ha- we're holding this on. We're holding on to this in case we are attacked by aliens. This is Dan Aykroyd's uh, stance on this, why the government has not shown us this alien technology. It's not need, you know, it, you know, you don't need to show your weapon if you don't need to. And that's what he's saying right here. He also says that the government is really big in covering up all of this because, quote unquote, the public will panic if it got out that aliens existed and we had this that uh, the government feels that we as a society could not handle this. And the director asks, should we be studying the aliens? Should we be studying that? And Dan Aykroyd says, it's a matter of money. We're short on money. If the government had more money, they would probably be using it to study UFOs. But since they have a budget, I just think that's kind of funny that, you know, bureaucrats work their way into UFOs, such as we've We don't have enough money to study UFOs. If we had more money, we could do that. Now, Dan Aykroyd also believes that even though we haven't shown the alien technology and we have the technology, that the U.S. government has made these ships. They're called uh, Big Black Deltas. And they're ships made from the alien technology, which we have received all the way back to Roswell. He said this alien technology... In 1952 in Roswell. We've had this technology since 1952. And we have used that technology to make these things called the Big Black Deltas. And they're rectangular flying machines and they're triangle flying machines. And he also believes that a lot of people have seen these. They think that they're UFOs, but they're not UFOs. They are just the government using UFO technology to make planes that we now have. So a lot of the alien, you know, a lot of the UFO sightings, Dan Aykroyd said, it's just the U.S. using alien technology, which is also uh, very interesting. Oh, and I'm sorry, the crash at Roswell was in 1947, not 1952. Uh, my mistake. Dan Aykroyd also believes that there are 23 different species of aliens, and honestly, I don't know where he got that number, but he believes that there are 23 different species. He says that the UFOs out there are one to three miles long. And he makes a point of no harm has ever come from a UFO invasion. or a UF- We have all these people who have seen UFOs all over the world, but no harm has come. And he believes that they are here to help the world, to help us solve our problems. Some are benevolent. And some are not. And right now, we have had the benevolent aliens show up and are trying to help us. Which leads to what Dan Aykroyd says is, 
if an alien did attack, it would be it would be the best thing, not the best thing, but it would be good. It would bring all of the world together. In fact, he quotes, in fact, he says that Ronald Reagan in a speech actually said that. Here's what Ronald Reagan said in his speech. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And he said that, and a lot of people believe that's where Star Wars came in, was his idea, because he thought that there might be aliens out there that might attack the world, uh, you know, the United States and the world. Well, we needed the Star Wars, from what we told, because there was an incident in 1973 where UFOs almost caused a, a nuclear war, and it was in October of 1973. We were all the way up to DEFCON 3, and I'm sorry, we were all the way up to DEFCON 4. We saw these images in the sky, and we thought that they were attacking, and we just ratcheted it up to DEFCON 4, and the thing was, now, uh, the Russians, you know, the Russians in the United States know what each other is doing. So the Russians, when we were ratcheting it up to DEFCON 3, DEFCON 4, the Russians were like, well, why are you ratcheting us up to DEFCON 3, DEFCON 4? And the United States are saying, we don't know what it is, but there's something out there and we need to protect ourselves. And the Russians thought, well, maybe they're going to, you know, maybe they're going to attack the Russians. And so the Russians started to, uh, you know, take their nuclear weapons up to DEFCON it petered out, according to this, uh, according to this guy. What is it? Ken Storage said that that we were on the brink of a nuclear war because of these UFOs. And the incident in question, um, as at least from my perspective, uh, almost ignited uh, a nuclear war, and that was uh, five unidentified objects were uh, picked up on radar coming in over the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Northern California, uh, Southern Washington, Oregon uh, area. Uh, as these objects approached the uh, coast, uh, Strategic Air Command went on a um, uh, alert. Uh, we were in a defense condition, or what is referred to as a DEFCON um, defense condition three, which means that the nuclear forces were ready, but they weren't on a ready stated alert. Uh, we elevated that to uh, defense condition four. Defense condition five is launch. And actually, it was really, really weird that Nixon actually had to call the Kremlin and tell them, according to this guy, uh, that Nixon had to call the Kremlin and tell him that, no, we're not bombing you. We're just preparing against UFOs. And you know what? Let's go off on one of these. It's a documentary, but let's go on to these. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Dan Aykroyd played Nixon in Saturday Night Live. And Dan Aykroyd loved UFOs. And I just find out, I just think it's weird that we never had a Saturday Night Live sketch where Nixon was dealing with UFOs and with Nixon was dealing with aliens because he always did a dead on Nixon and that was his belief. And he was one of the writers the first year. He was um, 
Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd were really the only two cast members that got writing credit for the first couple of years of Saturday Night Live. So I'm surprised he never wrote himself a sketch where Nixon was dealing with aliens. Anyway, we're back. Then we have a flash on the screen. It says 3.7 million Americans claim to have been abducted by aliens. And this poll was taken in 2002. So almost 4 million Americans claim they have been abducted by aliens. They go into, the director and Dan Aykroyd go into this, when how we dissect a frog to find out how their lifespan works as a lesser being. A lot of maybe aliens are doing that to us to find out how we work. You know, they're doing it for scientific progress. That's why they're abducting us. And that's why some of us, maybe some of us are not coming back. Maybe some of us are not only getting probed, but we're getting dissected. And once again, this falls into Dan Aykroyd's thinking of how there's good aliens and there's bad aliens. There's E.T. and there's Predator. Some aliens are are here, coming here for good. And some might be here just for sport. Just to sport, you know, just to abduct us at as a sport for their own pleasure. And that might be the people that never return. 64% of Americans believe that aliens have contacted humans. So that is well over half of Americans say that they, they have either been contacted by aliens or know somebody or believe that somebody has been contacted by aliens. Now we go to one of the most famous, what is it, the Phoenix Light. Uh, in 1997, 10,000 uh, people in Phoenix saw these huge lights in the sky. And nobody could explain it, and nobody knew what it was. And there's this woman called Lynn Keitel, who took, actually took pictures, actually took film. I don't know. It just seems weird that if 10,000 people saw this and 10,000 people reported this, only one person decided to film it, and only one person took pictures of it. I don't know. Dan Aykroyd is asked, if you were abducted and you were able to talk, the guy, the director calls them E.T., if you were able to say anything to E.T., uh, what would you say? And, uh, and uh, this, is what, this is what he said right here. If I were to speak for mankind to these beings that were, were coming here, um, <clears throat> I guess what I would say is, you know, let's go to some neutral place. Um, let's have a meeting with scientists from all around the world, world leaders, Let's sit down and, 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 and basically have a sort of a forum with, with you, the, the extraterrestrial or extra-dimensional beings. Let's, let, let's sit down and, and kind of get to know each other. Now we get another one. 72% of people believe in life outside of Earth. We are not the only living people in the living creatures in the universe. 72% believe that they are out there and they are trying to make contact. And the director asks a question. It's like, why and why have more and more alien sightings have come up? And he asked, is it because we have more cameras? We have the phone cameras. Do we have more cameras? Or are they coming more often? And Dan Aykroyd said it's probably a little from column A and a little from column B. The aliens have always been coming to Earth. But now that we have the technology where we can actually film them, from the streets at any time of the day or night without all this big bulky equipment, then yes, more and more aliens are getting captured on tape 
are getting captured on film. And Dan Aykroyd says, what we really need to make the government unlock and make the government tell us what's going on is to have a mass appearance at a, a New York Yankees ball game or something like that, just to have a mass appearance. And that would make the government tell us what is going on, what they know, what technology they have, what is out there. Because Dan Aykroyd talks about his own, I mean, he's seen aliens, not aliens, he's seen UFOs in the sky, but he had this, he had this weird, weird thing happen to him. And not only did it happen to him, but it happened to 12,000 other people. Here's what happened to him. I think the next, possibly the next, maybe even in the next five years, we're going to uh, have um, occasions uh, like the one I experienced in upstate New York in the mid 80s when I was, I woke up in the middle of the night and I said to my wife, they're calling me, they're calling me, I wanna go outside, they want me to come outside and see, because who, 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 something outside wants me to come out and say, oh, just go back to bed. I went back to bed, but in the next, day in the media, in newspapers, in radio, all over upstate New York and Ontario and Quebec and Vermont, people spoke about this urge they had to go out of their houses at three in the morning and look up into the sky. And 12,000 people shared this urge. Then the director asks him, if you were able to go up into a rocket, uh, you know, and communicate with aliens and all that, he said, would you do that if you had to, s to sign a disclaimer saying that you would not do this. And Dan Aykroyd said, no, I couldn't do that. He goes, first of all, I'm claustrophobic. I thought that was funny. But second of all, he goes, if I went up in the space and I met aliens, I, it would be my solemn duty to tell everybody back here on Earth what they do, what they're doing, and what they're up to. I could never keep that to myself. And then he was asked if he could move backwards and forwards in time. What would he do? And Dan Aykroyd said, a weird, he goes, I would not go back in time because even though you could go back in time and you could fix things, you could drown Hitler as a 12-year-old, you don't know the repercussions you could have on the future. So that is like real scientific, you know, sci-fi stuff right there. If you mess with the past, you mess with the future. And one thing I was surprised that he didn't say... Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. I was surprised he didn't say he would go back and save John Belushi. I thought he would say that. I thought if he could do one thing in the past, he would go back and save his good friend John Belushi from that drug overdose in 1982. But he said no, he would not touch anything in the past. And he goes, I would go into the future to see if we make it. To see how far in the future that we make it. What are we like in the future? Have we improved as a society? He wants to know all that. And then he was asked if you could go back in time and have lunch with anybody in the world, who would it be? And uh, this is who Dan Aykroyd would have lunch with. Oh, I'd love to spend an afternoon with Richard Feynman. Um, would love to sit down with Heisenberg and, uh, of course, you know, Einstein, Niels Bohr, Max Planck. Uh, you know, I'd love to sit with the, you know, the particulate, uh, you know, the quantum physics guys. Because there really is, is the root of understanding how and why uh, the world is the way it is. And the, 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 just the, the, the joy of these studies in antimatter that are occurring. 
Then we get a quote on the screen. Education is what remains after one has forgotten everything they learned in school. And that quote was by Albert Einstein. Now we're moving on to parallel universes. I find this, uh, you know, Dan Aykroyd is really into ghosts and he really is, he's really into UFOs and stuff like that. Why would does somebody be like this? And he goes, it's just an entertaining good mystery to find out what is out there, what we don't know about. Is there a parallel universe? Is there a Bigfoot? Is there UFOs? It's just finding these niblets of information that will lead you to a conclusion I don't think, you know, I don't think Dan Aykroyd really wants to find out if there is definitive life out there. I think he's enjoying the journey. And then we get a we get a tape of a Gordon Cooper. He was an astronaut in 1951. He was flying uh, F84s and F86s and he says he was chased by a UFO. He says that. Now, here's the deal. In this interview, uh, Gordon does not look like he doesn't look and he doesn't sound like he's all there maybe if you wanted to get that point i know you wanted to put him in there because he had an eyewitness account of what happened just the way he looked and the way he sounded didn't make it sound too convincing that this happened and then we talk about this is an interesting part of the documentary dan Aykroyd had a show on sci-fi the show was called out there and what he was doing is he was interviewing people who had these, uh, who were experts in the field of UFOs and experts in the field of mystery and stuff like that, and and trying to explain things that can't be explained. Out of nowhere, his show was canceled. It was it was really really well. Let me, this is this is exactly this is Dan Aykroyd's words on what happened that day when his show got canceled. Well, the show was canceled that afternoon. And um, I was outside in, before I knew it was canceled, in between the interviews. And uh, I was outside, and Britney Spears called me because she wanted to, me to appear on Saturday Night Live with her. And so I picked, I was outside having a cigarette, the phone rang. Uh, I, I, oh, Britney, how you doing? Oh, sure, of course I will. I turned away like this. I turned back, and there was a black Ford across the road, a black Ford sedan. And I, I was trying to look at the plate, and the plate seemed kind of like fuzzy. And I was, you know, definitely a police car. And two guys were there, and a big, big, tall guy got out of the back seat. And he stood in the street on, um, on 42nd Street, it was. We, we were at 42nd Street and 8th Avenue. And he looked right at me. And literally, I mean, I was on the phone. Hey, oh, sure, of course I'd love the show. Saw the Ford, went back like this, turned back like a half second later, and it was gone. And that car did not go past me. It did not make a U-turn because I would have seen 42nd Street. I would have seen that thing take a U-turn and go away. That car vanished. That car was a cloaked vehicle of some type. And whether this was like a warning to me because the guy got out of the backseat gave me a real dirty look. Now we go back to Gordon Cooper. And once again, he's talking about a different time when he saw UFOs. And he actually filmed the UFOs. And he took the film to the government. But he said he was not allowed to look at the film so he said that there's film out there from 1951 about aliens invading however the film was rushed off to the government and nobody was ever uh, had a chance to look at it then in this next clip we go all the way back to 1942 in la where it's reported that 
the government shot uh, 1,430 rounds into the air to kill these UFOs. And it said six people died from fallout and heart attacks. And they said not one UFO fired back during that attack when the government expelled 1,430 rounds of ammunition. And uh, the gov- we get back and uh, the director just wants to get Dan Aykroyd's final thoughts on UFOs. And uh, Dan Aykroyd says, we just have to get past the debate that they don't exist. It's like, we just have to put that away. It's like, they do exist. Once we get that out of the way, we can move forward. And then we can get more and more scientists and more and more military people saying that they're real and what they can do and what they can't do and what they know. The stumbling block of just still thinking that UFOs do not exist. We, once we get past that, we can, ex- we can go ahead very quickly to find out where we are in the universe when it comes to where we stand against uh, these people or these things from outer space. Then the director says uh, to uh, Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd is a public figure who freely talks about believing in UFOs and freely talks about believing in ghosts. He freely he admits that. He doesn't shy away from it. it. He's not embarrassed by that. And the director asks, what do you tell people about UFOs? And Dan Aykroyd says, well, I'll tell you what. I do not go up and I do not lecture people. They come to me and ask me what I think about UFOs. So he's not badgering people about this. He's letting people come to him. Half the people who come to him and talk to him about this believe in UFOs, believe that they exist, and want more evidence that exists. And then he says there's the people that don't believe. And he references Harold Ramis. This was 2005. Harold Ramis was still alive. And he says, Harold Ramis will not believe that UFOs exist until there is conclusive, concrete, 100% evidence that they are here among us. And he says it's pretty much divided down the middle with the people that he met. Half the people think they exist. Half the people will never think they exist. I myself... I do not think they exist. I have never seen anything. Some of the footage is compelling. I say the most compelling footage is they had they had film of this object in the sky two years apart at two different places in the United States. The object in the sky looked almost identical, but they were they were apart and the you know, and as I could tell, the people who filmed it, they didn't know each other. And if you're going to do a hoax and you wait two years to do a hoax, well, hats off to you. But that was the most compelling part. But as a whole, I do not believe in UFOs. However, I do believe that Dan Aykroyd is sincere. This is this is something that he believes in. And he just, I don't think he wants to convert people. He just wants to tell people what he knows and let them make their own decisions. And uh, the documentary ends with the quote, in honor of his courage for bringing the UFO issue into full public disclosure. Thank you, Dan Aykroyd. And that was uh, Dan Aykroyd unplugged on UFOs. What did I think about it? Well, as I said before, it's done in a straightforward manner. It is a, it is a legit documentary. 
interviewing Dan Aykroyd on his take and what he thinks of UFOs. The documentary itself, it, it's pretty dry and it is not very exciting. If this is something that you're interested in, if you are interested in UFOs and if you are interested in aliens, I would definitely say check this out. If you think it's going to be some sort of mockumentary, like Spinal Tap, that is not the case. It is 100% done straight. It is 100% on the level. If you are not interested in UFOs, it's going to be kind of dry. It's going to be kind of long. It's going to be kind of boring. I don't think that if it had more panache, if it had more gravitas, I think that it might bring more people in. And the more people you bring in, the more minds you can change by seeing this documentary. But for the most part, it was sort of a dull watch. I, I like Dan Aykroyd. He was very, very sincere with all of his answers in this. The director was very, very sincere uh, with his questions. It's just, if you believe in UFOs, watch it. You're going to, you'll probably know everything in this since it's from 2005. But you may find out things that you don't know. If you don't believe in UFOs, you can probably skip this. It's not going to change your mind and it's not going to be very exciting. You're not going to get any entertainment value out of this if you're not a UFO believer. That is my opinion on Dan Aykroyd, UFOs, uh, unplugged on UFOs. I'm sorry. Dan Aykroyd, unplugged on UFOs. And that is it. I have checked it out. This is on YouTube. So if you do want to check it out, you can just check it out on YouTube. And if you want to support me, um, you can actually check out my channel on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Scott White Comedian. And if you want to support this podcast or my YouTube channel or anything that I'm doing, go to Patreon. Uh, www.patreon.com backslash Scott White and give what you can to help me keep doing this Dan Aykroyd podcast to help me keep doing all the projects that I'm doing right now. I am doing this for you. If there's something that you want me to review, please let me know and I will try to do that for you. I'm trying to get, that's why I interview, uh, that's why I did this. Uh, it is a documentary. It's not a movie or a TV show. Something out of the realm that you'd usually expect from the Dan Aykroyd podcast. So I hope you enjoyed this show. And that's it. Um, see you next. Wow. I'm really, I'm ending this podcast really, really awkwardly. So let me try this again. <clears throat> and that's it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And I'll see you next time on the Dan Aykroyd podcast. Much better. Thank you guys for listening. Every one of you listening to my voice, tell the world. Tell this to everybody wherever they are. Watch the skies everywhere. Keep looking. Keep watching the skies.